0: And can we have our final contender again, please? Derek Dalek, a 51-year-old cyborg from the planet Scaro. Derek, you scored a total of 11 points on your specialist subject, the thousand-year Khaled Thal War. 26 is the score you need to beat, so let's see how well you do on your general knowledge, which starts... Now, in their song written for Here Come the Waves, a 1944 Hollywood musical starring Bing Crosby, what did Harold Arlen and Johnny Mercer suggest should be done to the positive?
1: Accentuate!
0: Correct. In acoustics, a sound that is reflected and absorbed by surfaces, objects and people close by is said to do what?
1: Reverberate!
0: Correct. In Frederick Forsyth's novel The Day of the Jackal, the eponymous character is hired by the OAS, a dissident far-right paramilitary organisation, to do what to French President Charles de Gaulle?
1: Assassinate!
0: Yes. What verb means to remove a religious blessing from a church returned to secular use, such as a recording studio, Gothic nightclub, or Tesco Metro?
1: Deconsecrate!
0: Correct. What single word of advice did playwright Tennessee Williams give to the 23-year-old Marlon Brando after his first night performance as Stanley Kowalski in the Broadway production of A Streetcar Named Desire in December 1947? Enunciate! Correct. What would I have done to you if I were a field operative working for the CIA and had used a technique known as waterboarding? Interrogate! Yes, I'll accept that but I'm not sure anyone else will. What word was used to describe Edna, the homeless elderly woman played by Patricia Hayes, in the title of an award-winning 1971 television play written by Jeremy Sanford, known affectionately during his school days as Dodger?
1: Inebriate!
0: It was, yes. A ruling made by the Supreme Court in the case of Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka in 1954 that declared a previous ruling made in 1896 unconstitutional led to the American education system being able to do what? Desegregate! Correct. What would a dermatologist commonly advise an acne sufferer to do in order to remove dead skin from their face and body?
1: Exfoliate!
0: Correct. Basil Rathbone's memorable appearance in the 1938 film Sherlock Does Dallas popularised the term mobile homes through his character's pioneering use of a caravan. While hot on the trail of Moriarty, who is fiendishly disguised as a cheerleader, what does Dr Watson urge of Holmes?
1: Accelerate!
0: Correct. The fourth track on side one of Blondie's 1978 album Parallel Lines first appeared as the B-side of the lead-off single Picture This. Complete the title, Fade Away and Radiate. Correct. In a bizarre 1974 interview with Sunday Times film critic Dillis Powell, actress Barbara Streisand claimed she had been elected president of Venezuela. What was she immediately asked to do?
1: Elucidate.
0: Correct. If I was to keep you waiting until tomorrow to ask you the next question, what could you reasonably say I had a tendency to do?
1: Procrastinate.
0: Correct. In the long-running BBC television series Doctor Who, the Daleks. I've started, so I'll finish. In Doctor Who, the Daleks, the highly irritating, self-appointed supreme race of the universe, have been defeated by the Time Lord so many times that they have been ordered to do one of two things to him on sight. Take him into captivity, and what else? Um... Uh, I'll have to hurry you. No, pass. The answer was exterminate. Of
1: course.
0: I bet you could kick yourself, couldn't you, Derek?
1: Give me a break, John. I've only just learned how to get up a flight of stairs.
2: It's for John Dredge.
0: Nothing to do with anything. Show greetings, loyal subjects. It's Friday. It's five to five, and time for another amazing assembly of audio absurdity and annoyingly average alliteration. First up this week, we've a recently discovered recording of Frank Sinatra phoning his mother.
3: Claire Gubb 1212.
4: Let's take it nice and easy.
3: Frank, how lovely to hear from you. How's Dean? For us to fall
4: in love.
3: Nothing much to report this end. Your auntie Neris is having problems with her artichokes again, so she's had to give up the pole vaulting. She's very upset about that. Especially after she cleared 65 metres at the last coffee morning. Mr McWhirter was very impressed. What else is there to tell you? Oh, Bledin from the taxidermist has had his neck removed. I bumped into him yesterday and he was looking down. Mind you, he can't look in any other direction at the moment. Anyways... Where are you at tonight, eh? Vegas, is it? Well, don't forget to wrap up warm. Keep taking your vitamins and gamble responsibly. Well, I suppose you know best. Anyways, Frankie, love, I must go. Love to Sammy. Nozda. Nozda.
5: Was that our Frank?
3: Yes, he's a lovely boy. But I wish he wouldn't insist on doing everything his way.
0: Frank Sinatra, the voice of a generation, the toupee of a geriatric. Narden, we start this week's show with a brand new quiz entitled Test Your Brian. That's right, it's one of our regular brain teasers, but this week it's only open to listeners whose first name is Brian. I asked the producer if this was a spelling error, but he insisted it wasn't. I suppose he knows what he's doing. Today's teaser then. Barbara has a number of boxes in three sizes – large, standard and small. She puts 11 large boxes on a table. She leaves some of these boxes empty and puts eight standard boxes in all the other boxes. She leaves some of these standard boxes empty and in all the other standard boxes she puts eight empty small boxes. She does this every day for six months. How long before Barbara's divorce becomes final? I'll repeat that. How long before Barbara's divorce becomes final? And good luck to all you brainy Brian's out there.
6: Now, oh, look, John, what's going on here and all that? Oh, dear. It appears to be Greg Haste, thespian and twit. I take great offence at that introduction, sir thespian is much too archaic term. What is it you want, Greg? You mean, why did I burst in with a tremendous burst? The very gist of my nub. Put plainly, John, it's a contractual matter. In my conditions of service, it states categorically repeat, unconditionally that I should appear in at least 40 seconds of each and every episode. Well, in that case,
0: thank you for fulfilling your obligations, and see you next week. Now wait a jolly moment, John.
6: That will not do. I demand a bigger rule.
0: I'm afraid all the parts in this week's show have been
6: taken What? Have you informed the police? This smacks of foul breath John. Soon you'll be telling me we won't be able to perform any more of my funny skits on this show
0: We won't be able to perform any more of your funny skits on the show
6: See? What did I tell you?
0: If you want to make yourself useful, you could always give me a hand with our regular look at what's in, around, under and through Leighton Buzzard.
6: That sounds ideal, John. Doreen and I have been through Leighton Buzzard on a number of occasions, although I did find it a bit unsettling. Why? I don't know anyone called Doreen. <laughs>
0: On Monday afternoon, the Leighton Buzzard rambling group will be going on and on about something for absolutely ages. Why not go along and join in if you enjoy being long-winded?
6: On Tuesday, even even later than normal, I expect, there's a car boot sale in the park. So if you want to buy a car boot, this could be just the the thing for... Hold on. What does this say? You. Oh, honestly, why must they put such complicated words in there? It really is incommodiously rebarbative. Hmm. On Thribs Day in
0: Leighton Buzzard Village Hall, there's a crouching for beginners workshop. So if you've always had a burning desire to take up the squat position or just want to get a bit closer to the floor, do get involved.
6: On Wednesdoi. Wednesdoy, yes, that's it. In Leighton Bizard Theatre Theatre the, 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 that's right. There's a there's um there's, there's a a private party, so it'll be shut. <coughs>
0: On Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, there'll be a meeting of the Leighton Buzzard Indecisive Society. If you've thought about becoming a member but haven't quite been able to make up your mind, you're probably just the sort of person they're looking for. Annual membership costs £20 or possibly £30. It depends on whether they've managed to agree on a figure yet.
6: And later on in the day in Basildon... Basildon? Yes, uh, there's a jumble sale. uh, So go along, if you want some... some jumble. And I'll tell you what, John, I... Uh, well, I... Um, yes? What was that? I was attempting an ad-lib. Went rather well, I thought.
0: And finally, Weebles Day Evening sees the bootleg bootleg beetles return by popular demand to Leighton Buzzard Village Hall, where they'll be performing many of the songs that made the bootleg Beatles famous. I saw them myself only last week and was amazed by just how much like a Beatles tribute band they actually sound. In fact, if you close your eyes, the lead singer is a dead ringer for someone pretending to be John Lennon.
6: And that's what's on in Basildon. Leighton Buzzard. Uh, Leighton Buzzard next year. This week. This week next year. For
0: heaven's sake, Greg, can't you get anything right? Well, I'm sorry to say we've temporarily lost contact with this week's Nothing To Do With Anything show. (laughs) While we try to get it back, here's a standby item from 1981.
2: Harold Bame proudly presents Theo Kojak spends a day in Birmingham for some inexplicable reason, probably to pay off an unexpected tax bill.
4: With a pass both lengthy and tedious, Birmingham is one of the most fascinatingly uninteresting places in the whole of Europe. King Henry I, Winston Churchill, Queen Victoria. I don't know of any other place where so many famous people have never lived. I spent countless hours wandering around the city's botanical gardens, which brought one question to mind. How the hell do I get out? Perhaps exits hadn't been invented when they built this place back in the 1830s. Whatever. Next time, I'll bring my own. The famous Church of St. Anne Greavesy was founded nearly 800 years ago. And then, only a few years later, somebody lost it again. But now, well, it's back in its rightful place. Just a Molotov cocktail's throw from the Paribas Municipal Dump and Pet Cemetery. That's just one of the many local landmarks you can see from the top of the city's tallest building, the Jasper Carrot. To the left, Cadbury World. To the right, the Crossroads Motel, and at one o'clock, Pebble Mill. It's a view that'll take your breath away, particularly if the elevators are out of order. Modern skyscrapers such as these make you feel like you've been propelled a thousand years into the future and have the bruises to show for it. Talking of bruises, I stopped off at the headquarters of the West Midlands Police. They wondered what in God's name I was doing there. And I have to admit, so did I. But I must say, their traffic control center is one of the most controlled centers of West Midlands traffic in the world. Just look at it. There's no need for a bypass in the heart of the West Midlands. It's easy to get out of Birmingham by using the city's revolutionary road system. Although for the best results, you'll need a car. Mind you, you're still pretty connected without one. Two million people attempt to use Birmingham's magnificent rail network every year, with just over a million of them managing to get further than Smethwick. And then there's Digbeth. There ain't no better way to see Spaghetti Junction than through the grit stained glass windows of a National Express coach. I then found myself alongside the famous Sydney Harbor Bridge. But what was it doing in the middle of Birmingham? Turns out, it was on holiday as well. Man, that's certainly a bridge too far. Next stop is the famous Birmingham Bull Ring. Although it turns out a bull hasn't been seen around here for a century and a half. Hey, there's probably more bull in this script. The bullring is apparently where everyone in the know goes. Exactly why they go, though, I don't know. After that, I took in some culture in Chamberlain Square, met some fine local ladies in Broad Street and broke wind in Gas Street. Eventually, I found myself in Five Ways shopping center. So called because there are four ways in, but only one way out. I took a leisurely stroll in amongst the tree that lines the traffic-free walkway, then sat down on a stairway, got drunk in an alleyway, and finally passed out in a passageway. And so it was that my visit came to a tired and emotional end. As the locals say, this city really is Boston. Or is that Boston? Who knows? Who cares? So long, Birmingham, you twat.
0: I understand that some of you may have lost us for a few minutes there. How fortunate. Now, though, it's time to look at more of your correspondence before it's fed into the shredder in this week's edition of Dear Dredge. Our first email comes from someone who wishes to remain anonymous, who writes, Dear Dredge, Over the last few months, I have somehow managed to fall in with a bit of a dodgy crowd, to the extent that I have started to participate in petty crime. It's not really me, and I honestly don't know what to do. What do you suggest? That's a tough one, Steve. But if I were you, I'd try my hand at credit card fraud. And if you find that a lucrative and worthwhile use of your time, you could gradually progress to extortion and even kidnapping. Have fun. Arden. Here's another email from Mr. Robert Smith of Crawley, who asks succinctly and with a slight hint of desperation, why can't I be you? Well, although I sympathise greatly with your predicament, Mr. Smith, I'm afraid there can only be one me at a time. And I fear that when it comes to being Robert Smith, there is no cure, which is a bit ironic when you think about it. Still, I hope I can offer you some consolation by sending you a limited edition flat-packed shrine of myself, consisting of action figures, press cuttings and insignificant personal belongings that you can worship in front of whenever you wish, or even later than that. Finally, I've received a transcript of some smoke signals sent to me by Don Hockeypuck of Elsewhere. His message reads Dear Dredge, I'm looking for some advice on how to spend my lunch breaks more productively. Have you any tips? Well, Don, you're in luck because by sheer coincidence, our very next item is The Dear Dredge Top 3 Tips on How to Spend Your Lunch Break More Productively. I thought of that title myself.
1: Tip number one
0: Have some lunch. Recent studies have shown that we all need to eat now and again. Experts recommend edible foodstuffs as opposed to paving stones, dirt or old bits of bark off the nearest tree, however convenient any of these may first appear.
1: Tip number two.
0: Engage in activities that will energise you for the rest of the working day. Go outside, take a brisk walk in the sunshine and get some fresh air in your lungs. This tip is obviously not applicable to listeners in the United Kingdom.
1: Tip number three.
0: Don't try and cram too much into your lunch break. For example, the other day I booked an appointment with my dentist, but by the time I got to the surgery, there was hardly any time left for him to perform my checkup. And the fact that my dentist is 6,000 miles away in Peru didn't help either. This week's Look In Magazine has all your favorite picture strips, along with quite a few you probably can't stand. There's medical sporting fun with Robin Nedwell and Brian Moore in Doctor on the Ball. Underwater bionic action with the $6 million man from Atlantis and many other soon-to-be-forgotten ITV hybrids. Explore the secret world of the people who thought they were the tomorrow people but were just confused because the clocks had gone back. And go on exciting adventures with Enid Blyton's Famous Five, Secret Seven, and Nondescript Nine. Laugh along with Sid James and Black Beauty in Bless This Horse, or Don't with Cannon and Ball. Plus, Ed Stewart's inside, or soon will be if you believe all the rumours, with the very latest pop stories from 1973. It's all in this week's Look In. Pick up your copy today. Welcome back. Coming up, we've... I wonder who that could be. Hello there Farmer Collins Why didn't you come crashing through
2: the wall on your tractor like you normally do? Well John, I got a bit carried away with being a rock and roller last weekend And drove it into some sheep dip Why? I was hoping to drive it into a swimming pool But it turns out no one in the village has one of those So I had to improvise the downside is that I'm now having to farm my land in a Fiat Punto while I wait for approval on a bank loan. So what in the sacred name of Alan Titchmarsh brings you here today? Well, John, I've written a new song and I'd like you to be the first to hear it. What did
0: I do to deserve that,
2: I wonder? It's a bit of a departure from my usual stuff as it's a contribution to an album of children's standards that's been recorded for charity. Who's the beneficiary? Charity. She's my agent's daughter. What's money for a pony or something? In that case, Farmer Collins, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you kindly. I'll load it onto the roof rack when I've finished. Here we go, then. Farmer Collins had a farm. Who are, are, And on that farm he had lots of manure. Who are, who ra With a here and a there, here and there, everywhere a... Oh, I can't believe it, John. The manure spreader broke down. I know the feeling. Never mind. Oh, we crack on with the second verse. Farmer Collins had a farm. yo, And on that farm, he had greatest hits by E-L-E-L-O. With a... Here and a... (laughs) There. Here. There. Everywhere. Farmer Collins had a farm, only 47 verses to go. God help us. Farmer Collins had a farm, you'll know that from this song. And on his farm he had trespasses, but not for very long. With a here and a there, here a there, everywhere, here, there, one there, another one there, there, and there there as well. Come here and have a taste of my coach feel. Ah, do you feel lucky, punk? Do you? Hey? do
0: you? And if Farmer Collins' behaviour on today's programme has affected you in any way, don't forget you can call our helpline. Or alternatively, you could place your head in a bucket of compost. It won't help, but at least it'll take your mind off everything else for a bit.
2: And now, partly successful Serials Limited, in association with not that successful, to be honest, Enterprises, presents The Case of the Thing That Happened, Episode 3, Appointment with Something.
0: Something's the name. Inspector something if you want the facts. If you don't want the facts, there's always the Daily Express. For those of you who missed the first two instalments of the serial, you didn't miss anything, so no need for much of a recap. Suffice to say that Constable Lurgons and I managed to track down the artichoke stealing gang to Tunbridge Wells But we're having quite a bit of difficulty infiltrating their secret hideout
5: Are we just going to stand here for the entire episode? No Constable, I for one shall be crouching for part of it Oh yeah, I forgot you went on one of them workshops, I bet that came in Andy I'll say, I've just been offered the chance to become Northamptonshire's second choice wicketkeeper Oh, well done sir Wait! What is it, Constable? Nothing, sir. I just felt like a bit of a wait, that's all. Well, you go right ahead. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: Inspector, look (laughs) What? There's someone
3: at
5: the window and he's got a gun Nonsense, Constable, it's just your mind playing tricks (laughs) I could be wrong though
2: you still there, Connor? No
5: What do you mean, no?
0: I'm trying
2: to throw him off guard So, you're definitely not there then? No, I've gone home that's thrown me completely off
0: guard. See that, Constable? A highly effective example of disinformation in action. Really? Well... And now to infiltrate the gang's hideout with the new k hideout infiltrator. <laughs> Blast, it's got a puncher. Never mind, I'll put plan B into operation. What's that? I'm going to run at the door headfirst and break it down. Stand back, Constable. I'm going in. Ow! On to plan C then. What we'll do, Constable.
5: I'm not sure playing the ARP's gonna make much difference, sir. You may be
0: right. Perhaps plan D will prove more beneficial.
5: (laughs) Plan Z shout rude words at him and see what happens. With respect, sir, I don't think any of your plans stand a chance of working in a month of Sunday Sundays with Gloria Uniford. Don't you, Constable? I suppose being fast-tracked means you're full of bright ideas. Well, there is one that springs to mind. Really? Let's hear it then. We could arrest the building and take it in for questioning.
0: Do you know, Constable, that's not a bad idea. Leave this to me. Artichoke stealing Gang secret headquarters in Tunbridge Wells. I'm arresting you for assisting an offender, harboring escaped criminals, and running a disorderly house. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not. Etc. Constable, cuff this inanimate four-storey building.
5: With pleasure, guard. Right, get in the back of the van, you ugly pile of bricks and mortar. <coughs>
6: <coughs> Don't
5: just stand there making noises, Constable But it's much easier than lifting it up, sir Never mind that, I'll give you a hand
0: (laughs) It's no good, Constable We'll need to think this through Put it down for a moment, will you? Now pick it up again. Why? It's on my blasted foot.
2: What will become of the inspector's blasted foot? What was the point of calling the episode Appointment with Something when no appointment was made? Shouldn't it have been called Appointment with Nothing? Or more precisely, No Appointment with Anything? If an appointment had been made, but we'd forgotten all about it, would we have to pay a fine? And will two appointments be made in the next episode to make up for the lack of appointments in this one? Make your appointment to hear episode 4.2 of our next Pointedly
0: Point-Free episode. Well, 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 and in that order. That's just about the height of it for this week, but do come back next week and see how much it's grown. Before we go, we'd like to apologise to any listeners who are expecting to hear the first lesson of our new series, French for Beginners. Industrial action by the professional translators working for our sister podcast, Le Jean de rien et voir avec quelque chose spectaculaire, means that we can't bring you the advertised lesson. However, here to make up for it are the closing credits in French, which we hope will be of some use. Écoutez et répétez. Quelle est-il? That was the Nothing to Do with Anything show.
3: Il est neuf heures.
0: It was written and performed by John Dredge with the producer Richard Cray.
3: La plume de ma tante est dans le jardin.
0: This week's special guests were
3: Monsieur Lafayette,
0: Max Dowler, Serge Gansburg, Greg Haste, Gilles Escoffier, James Shake
3: Catherine Deneuve, Katie Slater, Michel Gondry,
0: Miles Edy,
3: Alain Delon,
0: Anil Desai,
3: Plouentat au citron meringue, le sort vous trouvez dans
0: and a raspberry brûlée, the kind you find in a second hand store.
3: Au revoir!
0: No, I've no idea what that means.